Hey everyone, thanks for supporting the podcast. I hope my nightmares are giving you nightmares. Please rate and subscribe to Knowing My Nightmares wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. I really want to hear what you think. And it really helps the podcast grow. Check out knowingmynightmares.com. There you can find each episode and submit your nightmares to the podcast. The biggest part of adolescence can be finding yourself. And for some, it can continue through your whole life, searching for who you are and where you belong. It's easy to get lost in the uniformality of life. Many people go through different phases, different groups, different religions, until they come into their own. Various things can lead you on the path through life. And in the same way, many things can lead you astray. I'm Charlie Conlon. It's Friday the 13th, and this is the nightmare I had last night. When I awoke inside my nightmare, I was driving on a highway. It was night. The dark draped over the road with a thickness. My car's light shone ahead just enough to see about a hundred feet in front of me. Forest surrounded both sides of the highway and there were no other cars coming from either direction. It was a little unnerving in the solitary of my car. My mind seemed to be playing tricks on me with dark mirages. The blackness of the night mixed with the wind created the illusion that the trees were moving along the side of the road, like huge wooden beasts walking in the night. I knew it was just the shapes of the trees in the dark, but I felt like I could feel their footsteps. My eyes lazily focused on the hypnotic white lines on the road zooming past my car. I was traveling fast through the night, and it was as if I was driving into a void of nothingness. Suddenly, out of the darkness, a man was on the road directly in front of the car. I jerked the wheel quickly to avoid hitting him, and my car spun out of control. I tried to grip the wheel and straighten it, but I sped into a ditch and smashed into a tree. My face slammed against the wheel. I was in and out of consciousness. The man approached my car and looked through the window. He was bald and dressed in all-white garbs, like a monk. He had red markings all over his forehead, and he was smiling at me. The ground began to shake, like something big was thumping in the woods. The bald man looked up and ran away back onto the road, still smiling. Out my front windshield, it looked like a large animal, like a black elephant, was stomping past my car and onto the road. Then I lost consciousness. When I awoke, it was early morning. Smoke was slowly billowing from the engine of my car. My door was jammed, so I climbed out through the window and fell into the tall weeds of the ditch. I could feel the blood dripping down the side of my face from my forehead and nose. The car hit a tree and was totaled. There were no other cars on the road and no sign of the man I almost hit. I stepped up to the side of the highway and began to walk. It started to rain. 
The cool water felt good against the hot wounds on my face. Like before, I felt a faint rumble. The trees in the forest cracked and snapped. It was hard to tell through the rain, but it sounded like something huge was walking through the forest next to me. I came upon a clearing where a house was located in the center of a farm field. Hopefully someone here can help me. Soaked, hurt, and exhausted, I knocked on the front door like a refugee banging on the doors of a chapel seeking sanctuary. There were some markings on the wood frame above the door. Some sort of symbol. It looked like two triangles pointing into each other, with a line striking through the center. Yes, hello? My god, are you okay? A man, wearing white pants and a light blue button-up plaid shirt, answered the door. He was bald, except for the gray hair around the sides of his head. He looked about 60 years old. He had a very kind and welcoming face. I've... I've been in a car accident. My lord, please come in. Erica, grab some towels. My name is Silas. This is my farm. The man led me into the house, and I stood in the front hall. A young woman with long brown hair came to the front door with a couple of towels. Here, use these to dry off. Please, come in. Get warm. I entered into a dining room where two more people were sitting at a table. One of them was a tall young man with short blonde hair. He was wearing a hoodie with a college campus logo on the front. The other was a blonde-haired girl with a tattoo of a skeletal bird on her forearm. Both of them were about 20-something years old. Silas pulled up a chair and sat me down. I had a towel draped around my body while holding another to my head. Everyone around the room looked concerned. So what happened? I was driving and almost hit someone on the highway. I... I swerved off the road and hit a tree. You saw someone? Who? I'm not sure. Where did this happen? On the road, south from here. I'm not sure how far. Ten miles, maybe? I'll call a tow truck and have them bring your car here. Silas left the room into the kitchen. Do you all live on this farm? No, we're actually stranded as well. Hi, I'm Katie. That's Shane. And the one who gave you the towels is Erica. Katie gestured to everyone around the room as she introduced me to the group. We've actually had some car troubles of our own. Car trouble? I guess you could call it that. Shane said as he stood up from the table. Yeah, we kind of had our car stolen. Your car was stolen? Well, we've been backpacking across the country, and last night we were camping not far from here. When we woke up, our car was missing. So we walked the road like you until we found this farm. Katie said, then stood up and walked over to Shane who was looking at one of the dining room windows. Silas returned from the kitchen and stood in the doorway. A tow truck is going to get your car and bring it here. I can fix it up for you so you don't have to pay to get it repaired. Oh, wow. Thank you, Silas. I really appreciate that. Not a problem. In fact, you can all stay the night here. There's plenty of room. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. All around the dining room were large shelves filled to the top with old books, notes, and encyclopedias covering topics I'd never seen before, with titles like Alchemy, Esoteric in the Invisible Eye, and Astral Realms. Shane was looking through a rack of dusty hardcover novels. You have quite the collection of books here, Silas. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't have a television, so I like to read. Some of these are very interesting. I have more in my study. I'd love to show them to you if you're interested. Sure. Does anyone else care to take a look? No one else seemed interested, but Shane was more than excited. I pulled the towel from my face and placed it on the table. Is there somewhere where I can grab some water? Unfortunately, you can't drink from this house. It's quite old. 
You'll have to go to the well near the barn and pump out some drinking water. Shane went to the study with Silas. Katie and Erica organized their bags, going over their inventory. I exited out the back door. The farm grew corn, rows and rows of it. The fields seemed to go on forever. There was a dirt trail that cut through the center of the field to where an old rickety barn stood. I walked up the path until I found an iron pump sticking out of the ground. It was about 30 feet from the barn. I pumped a stream of water out from the ground and washed the blood from my hands and face. I drank from the pump, which quenched my thirst. The barn ahead of me was old, most likely as old as this farm. I stepped up to the door and was stopped by a wretched stink. I slowly opened the barn door, the smell wafted out from within. Inside, I was sick to find a horrific sight. Dozens upon dozens of animal corpses mutilated all around the barn. The barn was hot with the stench of goat and bull. Animals scattered all across the ground with their entrails pulled from their bellies. Cows hung from the ceiling, half-skinned. A cow lay on the ground struggling. It was severely wounded. On its forehead was the same symbol I saw carved into the wood frame of the front door. I hurried out of the barn of dread and stood away to catch my breath. That's when I saw him. Across the field on the edge of the forest was the bald man in the white garments. He was watching me. Hey! I yelled out. The man turned and walked into the forest. I ran through the rows of corn to the edge of the woods where the man was standing and scanned the area, but he was gone. However, I did see an old, large house in the forest. It looked like a condemned chapel. It was getting late, so I returned to the house. Inside, Silas was serving steaks for dinner. After seeing that barn, I wasn't hungry. I didn't say anything as to not upset anyone while they ate. After everyone was finished eating, Silas stood up at the head of the table to address the room. I have a few ground rules while you're all staying here. One, do not go exploring in the farm at night. It's not safe. Two, do not go into the woods at any time because again, it's not safe. And three, no one is to fornicate while you are here. Boys and girls will be in separate bedrooms. Silas's serious tone quieted the room. He looked at all of us, almost angry. We all just looked back at him in silence. Then his face changed back to a smile, and he said, Now, let me show you where you will be staying. The group of us went up to the second floor of the farmhouse. Ladies will be in the room on the right, and gentlemen, you'll be in this room over here on the left. Where is your room? I sleep in the attic. Please don't disturb me. If you need the washroom, it's over there. The group divided into our respective rooms and called it a night. Silas stood in the upstairs foyer watching us into our rooms. We were all pretty tired. My face was now clean, but still throbbed with pain. Silas is very smart. He showed me this old tome with information about realms and dimensions. It was incredible. Shane said while lying on his bunk. Silas said he's going to show me even more tomorrow, and it's going to blow my mind. As Shane talked, I couldn't stop thinking about the mutilated animals in the barn. I didn't trust Silas. I just need to get through this night and leave tomorrow once my car is fixed.
I awoke in the middle of the night to a scream. I sat up in bed. Shane was gone. I crept over to the door and opened it a crack. Across the hall, I could see Katie tiptoe out from the girl's room and walk down the stairs. I stepped quietly out of my room and followed her. The stairs exited into the dining room. Through the dark, I could see that Katie was looking out the window into the night. Katie, I whispered. Oh, hey, did you hear that too? The scream. Yeah, what was that? I'm not sure, but Erica isn't in our room. Shane wasn't in my room either. Maybe they went somewhere together? I noticed something outside. Katie focused through the glass. There's something in the woods. She was right. The house just beyond the tree line had a strange blue glow shining through the cracks of the wooden walls. And there was an ominous noise coming from the chapel as well. Suddenly, Silas walked directly past the window outside. Katie and I quickly ducked down as to not be seen. What was it? Silas. Silas? The back door opened, and in walked Silas. What are you two doing up? We heard a scream. Yeah, and Erica isn't in her bed. That scream was from my barn. Sometimes the animals get frightened at night and make noises. Please go back to your rooms. I'll look for Erica if she's up. Silas was angry to see us downstairs so late. Katie and I returned to our rooms. I could hear Silas's boots walking on the hardwood between the rooms downstairs. I couldn't sleep. There are definitely no animals in that barn. Alive, anyways. Silas began stomping up the stairs. I rolled over like I was sleeping. He opened the door to my room and stood there for a moment. I pretended to sleep. After some time, he closed the door and went back downstairs and left through the back door. Outside my room's window, I could see him outside. And like a child disobeying their parents, I went back downstairs into the dining room. Out the window, I could see the chapel in the woods, the blue glow still emitting from it. What are you still doing up? Katie had followed me downstairs. I could ask you the same question. True. Look, I pointed out the window. With purpose in his step, Silas walked across his farm field holding a lantern. He crossed the edge of the forest, entering into the old chapel. The strange noise generating from the chapel got louder. It sounded like a low buzzing. There was something else. Above the tree line, a huge, dark shadow appeared, and it stomped through the woods. Do you feel that? Yeah, I can. Look, there's something in the forest. The trees shook as the giant dark shape moved through the woods, but only for a moment before it disappeared. Then everything went still. What the hell was that? Interesting. What is? The other night when we were all camping before the car was stolen, Erica was talking about something she saw in the woods. What did she see? I don't know. She said there was a large bear, like a giant, and it was black, but like a shadow. It looked at her, then disappeared. Erica can be overdramatic, so I didn't think anything of it. Interesting. When I was walking along the highway, I thought I saw something too. Like a large elephant thumping along in the woods. Katie and I stared out the window at the chapel just beyond the tree line. Blue light pulsed from inside. Well, there is something definitely going on here. Silas is up to something, and I don't trust him. Why? I went into the barn today, and there were piles of dead animals, butchered and mangled. Then what made that scream? We need to search that chapel in the forest. Katie and I quietly snuck out the back door of the house. 
we swiftly ran across the cornfield towards the church-like house in the forest. The chapel was producing that strange sound, a low buzzing. We reached the edge of the forest. Stop. What is it? Shh, look. Katie and I crept over to the house. The sound made my temple hurt. We could hear Silas. Hello, my beautiful family. Here we are again, under the stars, becoming one with the universe and freeing our minds of all that is evil. Katie and I approached the church and looked through the cracks of the wood. To our amazement, Silas was standing on a stage addressing a large group of people. All of them were bald wearing white garbs, just like the man I almost hit. Each person in the chapel had red markings on their heads, the same symbol that was on the door and on the cow's head. These people were all chanting the same mantra, smiling and happy. Some were even crying. Above the crowd, blue light drifted along the ceiling like water. The light pulsed with the mantra of the crowd. Today, we will be welcoming a new member to our humble family. If she is worthy, she will become a wandering healer like us all. Silas stepped aside on the stage, revealing Erica tied up on the ground. Erica, oh my god! Let us take this poor girl to the liturgical catacombs and open her mind's eye to the magnificence of the Sixatera realm. Silas walked off stage, and the convent picked up Erica's body and carried her to the other side of the barn. Silas led the group into a tunnel that went down underground. We need to help her. What are you, crazy? We need to get Shane, get in the car, and get help. I'm going in there. Katie, there are too many people. What could you do? Suddenly, the ground began to rumble thumping louder and louder. Then the trees crashed from side to side. From the darkness, a massive black beast the size of a transport truck barreled out from the woods. Based on its vague shape, it looked like a giant boar, but with six legs. It bumbled around like a spider, then turned and faced us. Hurry, inside the chapel! Katie and I ran fast around the side of the barn. The massive beast hurtled toward us. I swung the door open and jumped inside. Katie followed behind. The monster abruptly stopped and faded like black smoke into the air. At the base of the door, there were markings, ancient writings in a line. These must act as some sort of barrier. The hell was that? It's like the beast we saw the other night, or the one Erica saw in the forest. They're like ghosts. Where did they come from? I don't know, but I think Silas and these people have something to do with it. Inside the barn, the symbol I've seen all over was above the stage where Silas was preaching crudely carved into the wood. The blue light which pulsed from the convent was nothing but a light blue mist drifting all around the room. Katie and I stepped up to the tunnel where Erica was taken. We could hear the low chant billow out from the depths of the catacombs. Let's go. Without hesitation, Katie entered the cave. I stood for a moment inside the makeshift temple. Sounds of the giant behemoth could be heard stomping around the forest. I entered the tunnel and followed Katie. We walked through the narrow tunnels. The ground and rock walls were all covered in a red slime dripping all around us. It smelt like metal and rot. The red mucus was secreting from different symbols all around the tunnels, squeezing through the letters of text. The blue light flowed along the top of the catacomb, guiding us like a stream. The mantra was getting louder. We were getting close. Get down! Katie grabbed my shoulder and pushed me down behind a boulder. We had entered into a large opening. The blue light was brighter here and very active above the convent. 
The blue light mixed with the red walls and floor gave off an unsettling purple. Silas was standing at a circular stone table. Erica laid naked under a metal statue of the triangular emblem. All of you at one time or another have stumbled upon my farm, misguided, angry, blind. I have healed you. I have removed your sin, awakened your third eye. With each new addition to our family, we open the gates to the Sixaterra realm a little more, allowing the beasts within the divine realm to walk and cleanse the earth. Silas stepped up to the round table where Erica's naked body lay. He put his hands on her face and took a deep breath. Sister Diana, bring me the Atheum. Someone from the crowd shuffled forwards to Silas and handed him a black knife. The blue light drifting above the ceiling began to shake like turbulent water. Silas raised the knife up, then brought it down directly into Erica's skull. He held her face with one hand and sawed open her frontal lobe like a jack-o'-lantern. Then he reached his hand in and pulled out small pieces of her brain and slapped them down on the table. Erica's body shook and twitched on the stone table. The crowd in the room was excited, still chanting their mantra. Let your sins vanish and your mind be open. Katie and I watched in horror as the farmer who cared for us cut up this poor girl. The boulder we hid behind was slippery with the wet bile of the cave. I lost my footing and slipped to the floor. It alerted some of the members of the convent, and they saw me lying on the ground. Intruders! There are intruders here! Get them! Silas yelled out, pointing in our direction. Katie and I ran through the cave, but the blue light that guided us here had faded. We were practically running in a maze blind. Katie held my hand as we ran so we didn't lose each other. The slippery ground slopped under our feet as we ran fast through the catacombs. We reached the end of the tunnel and entered back into the chapel. Shane was standing, looking at the altar. Shane, we have to get out of here. Shane slowly turned around to face us. Blood gushed down his face. His forehead was stitched up in the same shape as the cult's holy emblem. He was smiling at us like nothing was wrong. Silas showed me so much. I can see everything so clearly now. The beasts from the Sixaterra realm will guide us. We just need more minds. I did my part. Now you need to do yours. Shane charged toward us. Katie and I ran for the doors and burst them open. Hurry! We ran through the forest, Shane close behind. We made it to the cornfield and charged through the tall stalks. We ran steadfast towards the house. But from the trees, we could hear the hard thumps of the six Terra beasts. Huge, dark monsters exploded from the forest and ran through the cornfield toward us. One to our left, looked like an elephant with twice the length and legs. The six-legged boar was directly behind us, and a huge camel-shaped behemoth to our right. Hurry, to the car! I yelled. Katie and I exited the tall cornfield and ran around the house and to the car. The giant beasts hot on our tail. We jumped into the car. The monsters beat on the top of the car and scratched at the door, then ran into the forest on the other side of the highway. I put the key in the ignition and tried to start the car, but there was nothing. It didn't start. It didn't even make a noise. I popped the hood and got out to take a look. But to my despair, the engine was missing. Gone. The car was but a hollow shell. That car won't be able to take you where you want to go. I turned around, and Silas was walking up the path with a large cult of people behind him. Shane amongst them. Each one of them looked happy and content. All with the same triangular scar on their foreheads. 
some fresher than others. More of the black shadows exited the forest, spreading across the land. I am the only one who will take you where you want to go. Silas approached me and placed his hand on my shoulder. Let me show you. He then stuck the ceremonial knife straight into my forehead. Then I woke up. Sometimes it's great to feel included, to feel part of a group. That is usually the draw of tight religious sects and cults. These groups can seem like they are some new age alternative way of looking at the great question. And by all intents and purposes, it usually starts off that way. To break down my nightmare, I'll start from the beginning. At the beginning of the nightmare, I was driving on an isolated highway at night. I didn't recognize the road I was on, and I didn't know where I was going. I was just driving blindly into the darkness of the night. Driving in a dream can signify your waking life's journey. Since there was no one in the car, and no cars on the road, you may be feeling like you're taking this journey alone. Driving at night, where it's unclear to see what's ahead, or what your surroundings are, could mean you lack direction and are unsure of what the future holds. While driving on the road, I swerved to save myself and a man standing on the road, and the man was dressed as a monk. According to the Dream Dictionary from A to Z written by Teresa Shung, seeing a monk in a dream is a symbol of spiritual authority that may represent your own wisdom. I violently swerved my car off the road and crashed it into a tree in a ditch. Swerving out of the way of this monk could mean that I am avoiding spirituality in my waking life, and possibly I need to change course. As the nightmare continued, I came across a farm and took refuge there, and met a group of travelers. To see travelers in a dream shows a part of yourself that wishes that you traveled more. To be on a farm can mean that you are very grounded and the crops you are growing are the relationships that you have in your waking life. The condition of the crops indicates the condition of your relationships in your life. If there are animals on the farm, each animal can indicate an aspect of yourself. Inside the horrifying barn, I found goats and bulls. A goat in a dream can suggest the ability to survive and overcome obstacles. A goat is also famously associated with the devil. To see a bull in a dream can represent power and strength. These animals, however, were mutilated and dismembered. So this could mean that the traits these animals hold are destroyed. However, this wasn't my farm. Silas was the farmer. And corn wasn't the only crop he was growing. Silas could possibly be an alternate version of myself, or possibly an invading fear or anxiety taking the form inside my mind as a sweet farmer who I can seemingly trust, then later turns out to be an evil cult leader hell-bent on opening the gates to an alternate realm. To dream of a cult can indicate you are desperately seeking a stronger sense of community, and you may be feeling spiritually constricted. Cults throughout history have started with a strong sense of community and acceptance, 
attempting to show people a counterculture that's showing the path to spirituality, peace, and purpose. These religious sects, however, have a tendency of darkening and going sour. It is difficult to wrap your head around the complexity of cults, how they begin, the people they attract, the beliefs they preach, and inevitably, the tragic endings they have. Briefly, here are a few cults that are now branded into history. In the mid-1950s, an American civil rights preacher named Jim Jones started a group called the People's Temple. During the early days, People's Temple set up charities and helped others. With Jim Jones at the head of the organization, he slowly lost his mind through the use of drugs. People's Temple built an agricultural project cleverly named Jonestown in Northwest Guyana, where members of the group built a community. In 1978, over 900 people killed themselves by drinking Flavorade laced with cyanide in a mass suicide at the direction of Jim Jones. The religious sect, the Branch Davidians, was led by a man named David Koresh, who was a self-proclaimed prophet that led the church. The Branch Davidians had created a compound for their followers in Mount Carmel, Waco, Texas. On April 19, 1993, a standoff between the Branch Davidians and the U.S. military, as well as law enforcement, initiated a 51-day siege, killing 76 people inside. Um Shinrikyo was a doomsday cult based out of Japan led by Shikaro Asahara. He preached about the end of the world and it led to terrorist attacks including leaking deadly sarin gas onto a subway in 1995, killing 13 people. Heaven's Gate was a cult led by Marshall Applewhite, ending in a mass suicide of 36 people on March 26, 1997. Children of God, a religious cult led by David Brant Berg, has a dark history of sexual assault and abuse and the Manson family, which was led by Charles Manson. The cult believed that Manson was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. The Manson family ended in a drug-fueled murder spree. Larger groups such as Scientology, a religion founded by a man named L. Ron Hubbard, and the Church of Latter-day Saints founded by a man named Joseph Smith are today considered to be legitimate religions. However, in the eyes of many, they are still cults. But who's to say? What separates a cult from a religion? Most of these groups started with good intentions, but any group that has one man sitting on a throne proclaiming that he is God usually ends in violence and death. The cult in my dream was called the Wandering Healers, led by Silas, who is a figment of my imagination or a product of my subconscious. In the nightmare, the group was trying to open a gate to another realm. I have always believed that the dream world can be used as a gate to other planes of existence, a gateway to the afterlife, or pathways to different realities. In the nightmare, huge beasts forced their way into my dreamscape, shadowy behemoths threatening to harm me. To dream of shadowy monsters could be stresses or anxieties that are lurking in your subconscious. If you are running from these monsters, as I was, it could mean that you are running from personal problems that you are not ready to face. Though it may seem hard, it can be beneficial to face these monsters. 
defeating a monster in a dream could help you defeat the fear in your waking life. Looking for your place in life can be hard, and being a part of a group or community can make life easier. Having people there to help you endure hardships and helping others when they need it. But always think for yourself. Never let someone make you do something you don't want to do and always remain original. This episode was written by me, Charlie Conlon. Voice acting by Goran Mamika, Dami Timmers, Liz Conlon, and Evan Hamza. I hope you enjoyed this scary story. I want to hear your scary stories. Go to kmnpodcast.com and send me your horrifying nightmares, and it could be featured in upcoming episodes. Rate and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps the podcast grow. Follow me on KMN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram for all things nightmarish. And remember, if things get too scary, you can always wake up.